Welcome to Blood Moon Milk, the astrology podcast that comes out around the new moon and the full moon to help guide you on your meditation, mindfulness, and uh, manifestation journey. And I'm your host, Aurora, and today I'm here with comedian Cliff Cash, very funny guy. And we're going to talk comedy, astrology, and whatever else just happens to come up. This is an astrology podcast? It seems to be. Okay. Miss, I missed that. Yeah. thought it was a true crime. <laughs> no. Uh, if it were, then I'd be popular. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and traumatized. Yeah. Uh, do you? Is that what you listen to when you're on the road? I want to say no, but I'd be lying. Yeah. I do, and it's so bad. It's like it's so terrible. Like I, the girl I've spent time with, like we were hanging out one night, and uh, she was like talking about having anxiety, and I was like, "Well, you drink a lot of coffee in the mornings, and you listen to true crime all day. <laughs> it's like caffeine and murder. That'll uh, that'll spike your anxiety levels." Yeah, that seems like a recipe a, a recipe for high blood pressure. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe listen to some uh, singing bowls or something <laughs> once I, in a while. I do, you know, and like, I don't like the real gory ones. Um, and it's not, it's not the actual, like, I'm not into murder, obviously. I just, I That's like the refreshing. story. You know what I mean? I, I like, I like getting invested in, I need to just listen to audiobooks like, uh, like novels. I, I just like following a story because yeah. I'm driving for like eight hours at a time. Uh, pretty often, so yeah, I travel to take care of my dad. Who yeah, he had a stroke last year, um, and so since that happened, I kind of go back and forth from Atlanta to North Carolina, Tennessee, on a fairly regular basis. It's like I'm doing the tri-state tour. Yeah, um, and I listen to. I like to feel like I have friends, um, so I listen to a podcast where I feel like the podcast hosts are my friends in a way. Okay. Um, yeah, we can talk about that maybe in therapy. <laughs> I mean, not me. Not me. But you and your therapist. So. Oh, when yeah. I say we, I mean y'all. Yeah. Um, the podcast I like is called a Mysterious Universe. Okay. It's these Australian guys who talk about yetis and Bigfoot and aliens and past lives and nice. they kind of take things with like a grain of salt. Like they're okay. pretty skeptical but open-minded yeah. at the same time. Well balanced. I think it's good to take Yetis with a grain of salt. Yeah. Unless you're talking about the coolers. <laughs> what? They're not taking a case of Bush Light. Uh, they're not sponsoring us, so oh, yeah. they're not getting any free publicity. For yeah, me. we're sponsored by Arctic Coolers, so um, I take that all back. Are you really? No, I'm oh. not sponsored. I'm sp- I, I would be sponsored by like Ross Dress for Less and like <laughs> Trader Joe's Garlic Spread if uh, I had sponsors. I used to work for Trader Joe's. I feel like it. Um, I actually just picked up an application to go work there. I've, <laughs> like, I support that. No, it's like. Give me a discount on Garlic Spread. Yeah, have garlic. Garlic Spread? Have you had? Oh, it? Garlic Spread. I thought you said Garlic Spread. Like some guy named Garlic had bread. Yeah. It's, um, the garlic spread is... <laughs> I know, there's dogs next door losing their mind. Uh, I um, we're having to film outside. Not having to, but... It's COVID conscious. Yeah. So, sorry everybody who's annoyed. We're in Aurora's plant garden. And yeah. it's very beautiful. Thank you. should you. post pictures of this if there's a way to do that. Uh, there's this new thing I have called Instagram. Okay. Heard of it. <laughs> It's a, it's a website? 
Um, something like that, yeah. It's like this phone magic thing. Um, people put pictures up, but it's changing. It's like the it has its own sense of what it wants people to see now. Totally. My whole social media has taken just this giant like nosedive. Like I used to I used to I mean, years ago when I first started comedy and I had a tenth as many friends and followers, I could post a joke. Like a good solid joke, and I could yeah. easily get a hundred likes. If I post a killer joke, I'd get like two hundred likes. Yeah. And now, like maybe I'll get twenty. If I post a show poster, I'll get zero or one. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it, yeah. And Instagram's the same way. Like hashtags are kind of no longer relevant, and like it's like they punish you for using them. It feels like I yeah, mean, it, it really kind of gets overused, it. but I, it seems like the game. Like, they make the rules for the game, and then they change it. Yeah, once you get used to it. Yeah, Yeah, like, and I guess that's to keep it somewhat relevant or something. There's some sort of asshole strategy behind it, but... um, It's like a video game. They don't want you to figure it out all the way, because then maybe people... I don't know. They they also don't want to give too much power to individuals. That's why people on Facebook, you can only have 5,000 friends. And yeah, that's they, right. They I don't really, have that many friends. <laughs> well, I have like three friends, but I have 5,000 quote-unquote friends. Sure. Because in comedy... Yeah, everybody's co- your friend. Yeah, somebody yeah. does 10 open mics, and then they're like, I'm going to go befriend every comedian on Facebook. And and I'm always like, I just get a friend request, and I'm like, eh, it looks like a comedian. I guess I'll accept it. I don't want to like be rude if that's somebody I met and I don't remember. So I just have, you know, and I never see any of my real friends' stuff because I'm... Yeah. Like my whole feed is like, I don't know who any of these people are. I don't know either. And, like, the thing is, is that now I'm I'm about to be 35, and most of the people who I went to school with or know, who I, like, I might have known peripherally, they've all had babies Great and word. changed their names and have become different people. Yeah. So they're unrecognizable to right. me. <laughs> they all have monogram pillows now. A yeah. Ki- a and they're kid like, named Riley. Smith at the beach yeah. with their toddler, and I'm like, Zoe who and Chloe. are you? Who are you? Yeah. I don't know you. Yeah, me too, man. I, I have so many friends that were like punks and hippies, and now they're like vineyard vines, whatever. But yeah. that's fine. Still the same people, deep down. Yeah, I mean, sure, I guess. Way I don't know. I, I feel like COVID has like really destroyed any semblance of community in a lot of ways. Okay, wow, really bringing the energy down with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. No. I'm kidding, let it out. Keep going. I used to have friends and could go places and do things oh, and had a job, on. and now I'm an astrologer. I'm your podcast. friend. <laughs> We're sitting out here surrounded by beautiful plants and flowers. Yeah. Japanese maples, there's a breeze. Life is good. Red maple. Actually, Japanese maples are much smaller. That's an excellent point, really. You know, I didn't, I didn't put enough thought into that. Okay. I, I tend to uh, generalize like I, most people do. Yeah, yeah. I tend to say things and then perhaps ponder them later. I, things just fall out of my mouth. It's pretty good for comedy, believe it or not, but not necessarily for being tactful in the rest of life. No, it's okay. Um. So. Maybe a little backstory would be good. How did we meet? We met in Nicaragua, uh, Popoyo, Nicaragua. Yep. I was the place Mag Rock. That's yeah. the name of the restaurant. Yeah, Magnific Rock. Magnific Rock. Yep. Um, 
is a well, I guess it's a hotel and t- sort of a bar and a restaurant, and there's a pool. There's a lot going on, but it's a pretty iconic spot in Popoyo, Nicaragua. And my, I, w- I was living in Nicaragua for the winter with um, my ex-lover, uh, who's who's still my friend, and um, she was she was like working an online job, so she was like, I need time to work. And I was like, cool, I need time to drink margaritas on top of this rock. So I was just there. I think I, I don't know, I might have had my laptop with me or something, but I was mainly drinking margaritas. And you guys just looked like, you looked cool and looked like you were having fun. And we somehow started small talking. And uh, you were with A.D. Crawford. Yeah. Shout out to A.D. Yeah. And somehow I was like, I'm a comedian. And he was like, I know a comedian in Atlanta, Georgia, named Rodney Leet. And I was like, holy shit, I know Rodney. <laughs> so we bonded over our uh, mutual friendship with a guy who calls clapping, hitting your dick skins together. Uh, anybody who's in the Atlanta comedy scene will appreciate that reference. But uh, hell of a guy, real character, to say the least. And so then, we, yeah, we all started talking. And we that was about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I think we... Drink margaritas till about nine o'clock. I think we closed the bar, which isn't that late. No, in there it's yeah. like always COVID. There, it's like, <laughs> it's, like it's nine o'clock. Everybody go to bed. Like what? What? Where? Yeah. Yeah, and they I were hung tired up. of us by the time you left. I was so I, my girlfriend Erica uh, was cooking some like really good meal, but in my defense, she cooked really good meals every night. So. But this one was like special to her. So I texted her, I was like, hey, I met these people, they're really cool, I'm having a good time, I just wanna check in. Is it cool if I hang out? And she's like, of course it's cool. And I was like, oh, awesome. So I did, so I just like hung out, you know, what's late for there, nine o'clock. And then I got back and she was like, I can't believe you missed this meal. And I was like, whoa, 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 but I asked, I asked if it was okay. And uh, yeah, we beefed about it for a couple days. But uh, she later forgave me. But, yeah, you guys almost cost me my relationship. I feel like AD and I have almost cost lots of people their relationships. <laughs> I'm shocked to hear that. Um, but, I mean, you know. It was it fun. Is, it, yeah, exactly. It Hell was fun. It was one of those, like, memor- memories, moments that are sort of blurry around the edges. Yeah, a lot of those. Yeah. A lot of those. But, and- Gives you warm feelings. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. You know, alcohol is like, it's this big conundrum. It's terrible for you. Uh, the calories, the, the liver consequence, the, it zaps your energy. It can, do all, it can be bad for a lot of different parts of your anatomy. Um, and it's a depressant, which yeah. is not good if you're feeling any sort of depression. But, and it's expensive and super overpriced. But, and it can make you inebriated to the point where you hurt yourself, but, <laughs> but, it's a lot of fun, yeah. and I wouldn't have a single friend if it weren't for booze, probably. Uh, it's a social lubricant, and it's just, that's what everybody does. It's it's real hard not to do it. When it's, it's not a peer pressure thing, it's just like, if I'm gonna hang out, it's either alcohol or church, and I'm not going to church. <laughs> Boring. Yeah. And hard drugs just aren't socially acceptable. Yeah, you can't go to a bar and just do heroin with your buds. You know? No, no, nor would I recommend it. I yeah. mean, 
it's even terrible. if you do it once, it's probably just a bad idea. Yeah, yeah like, don't. So if you, <laughs> if you get nothing else from the podcast, we're saying don't do heroin. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, don't do heroin. Yeah. Um, and if you're in Atlanta, probably don't do cocaine either because it's killing people left and right. Oh, that's we can't even do cocaine anymore. What in the world? I mean, we should have never done it. Oh yeah, it's definitely not vegan. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so many people die for it. Exactly. Hence then, the non-vegan yeah. branding. Yes. No I, pills, I, no I, powders. If it grows in the ground, it's probably okay. Yeah. That's what um, I tell to my unborn children. Yeah. No, I mean, like, it's, um, let's lighten the mood. I feel like I yeah, just keep man. going towards yeah. the darkness every time. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I've got your astrology chart pulled up. What? So we can talk about things that I see in your chart and you can just riff on what you <laughs> feel and what how that comes up for you. What if what if instead of riffing you like really touch a nerve and I just like start crying over here and I'm like, it's all true. That's fine. That's, That's probably fine. what's gonna happen. I'm feeling I pretty mean, sensitive. Um <clears throat> so if anybody's interested I can put up the, the chart on Instagram and you can look at it see what I'm talking about um, but you're a, a solar Gemini at uh, which means the Sun was in Gemini right. uh, when you were born um, and most people know their Sun sign that's the one where they they're most familiar with um, but that really doesn't have a huge bearing in astrology like it's a big deal but okay. there's a lot more that goes into it than just where the Sun was the day you were born all right there's um, other planets, there's the moon, and all of that kind of paints a picture that's unique to you during, um, well, last, it stays with you your whole life. It kind of helps to um, set the stage, if you will, for your, your personal inclinations. You always have free will, but you kind of have this more or less base program operating. Yeah. Um, and so solar Geminis are generally very sociable, witty, ruled by the planet Mercury. They're very thoughtful. They love to chat. Every, I mean, it's a great sign for a comedian because yeah. uh, you literally get up and talk. And uh, you also have Leo rising, um, okay. which means that you seek the spotlight. You're destined to be the center of attention. So those are two very good things that you have going on that naturally predispose you to doing exactly what it is that you do. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I feel like I, I say this a lot to people. Um, before I became a stand-up comic, all of those traits, my entire life felt like more of a hindrance than a help. I felt like constantly distracted, hyperactive, you know, and highs and lows, down a lot as well, partly because of the, the way I was living. But, um, you know, insomnia, just being superfluous. Like, I'm, I'm the, like doing it right now, but I'm the guy that leaves, like, a three-minute voicemail that could have been a one-sentence text, probably, and I send a page-long email that could have been two sentences. And, uh, and none of that, none of those are really valuable or virtuous, but once I became a stand-up comic, it all kind of... Be, those are like tools those are all like perfect for what I for what I do and it, it like first time I ever really truly felt in the flow like really kind of like my truest self and and super comfortable I think that's always a sign like a, a really good indicator that you're 
living in alignment. Yeah. Um, when you have negative qualities manifesting in your life and your your energy field, if you will, or just you're attracting anxiety, you're, you're creating it for yourself. Um, it, you might not always be aware of why or where it's coming from because you're so close to it. You're so in it. Yeah. Um, but you notice a difference, right? Like you, it's a visceral difference. Like once you start doing the things that really speak to your soul and that can be challenging and that's where like personal growth comes into play. Um, but also like, I, I think you can look at an astrology chart and say like, well, these are the areas that are tough, but are inevitable. Like these things are just destined and wired to happen for Mm -hmm. this person. Um, so for you, um, because you're a, when we talk about ascendance, um, that is where, that was the sign that was on the horizon at the moment you were born. And for an astrologer, that sets up the way your chart looks. Um, and that decides where the planets fall. We have these things in astrology called houses and it's more or less divides up the astrological wheel into 12 different places that are all sort of ruling a different aspect of life. Um, But the first house is defined by the ascendant and then the rest are calculated based on that. Um, So for you, um, you have an interesting chart because you're a Leo rising and your node, um, your north node is actually in Leo too. Um, North nodes are kind of like destiny portals and sort of just when they get triggered by transiting planets, other planets hitting them one way or another, it tends to kind of open up something, something sort of that feels like destiny. Like you couldn't have planned it, but this thing unfolds and it leads you to the next pivotal point in life. Yeah. And so with your North Node being in Leo, right now we've got a bunch of planets in Aquarius kind of giving your personal growth a lot of challenges. Yeah, Um, I feel that. So I would say for the last, like since January even, not even with COVID, but like since January of this year, how have you felt about things? Like how, what's been going on in your world? I know COVID has, affected a lot of people, especially people in the performing arts and the creative professions, but this would be something maybe that to a, a squared degree. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been, um, existential angst for sure. Um, you know, I think I don't, I, I I'm somebody who I always try to be grateful and, and I feel like if I can st- kind of stay in gratitude, I can stay pretty up and I can stay joyful and present. Um, so I want to preface everything I say with that, that I'm, I'm always grateful for my life and all the good things in it. But like all human beings, it's easy to get a little down by circumstantial stuff that's happening. And, you know, it's just a constant practice of like, you're in it. You got to come out of it. Like I recognize that I'm feeling that way. I accept it, but mm-hmm. I also have a lot to be grateful for. I need to not focus on the struggle, whatever. Um, 
but yeah, COVID was tough in the sense that, you know, I, I did sort of finally find the thing I feel like I'm meant to do. And, uh, and it's, it kind of became my entire life. I mean, stand up was, is my job. Uh, it's a huge part of my social life. It's my passion. It's like my obsession. It's my number one thing. It's my entire income. It was the impetus for all of my travel, which was another, probably the second biggest part of my life. Uh, so it all just kind of went away. Like immediately I was on tour when it happened and I lost, I think like 11 cities, um, which were all going to be pretty lucrative gigs. And, and it was just like, it was like this tour was over and I was like, well, shit, I lost one tour, you know, we'll figure it out. The next tour will be great. And then a year and a half goes by and it's like, am I even a comedian anymore? And, and, and when you don't do something for that long, it's, you, you get rusty and that feels weird. And then you get the imposter syndrome and whatever. But, um, I also lost my oldest friend, um, this almost exactly this time last year. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're really, we're really getting sad today, but he, he was, uh, he was selling his car and the person killed him and took his car. And, uh, I recall seeing you post the, I, so I remember seeing you posting something about him being missing and then seeing it all unfold on the periphery on Facebook, which is a, it's a horrible way to witness or, or see someone going through something like the yeah. uncertainty and the not knowing. And I, I'm so sorry. Well, thank you. It was, um, he was, you know, it took them a week or so to find the car to eventually find him. And, uh, did they find the guy? Yeah. Yeah. He's in jail and I, I assume we'll probably never get out hopefully, but, um, it, it you know, I've been on, I've been on a, everyone's on a spiritual journey, but I've been pretty acutely aware of my spiritual journey for years now. And I've done, done a lot of work, read, read a lot of books, a lot of meditation, a lot of time alone, a lot of time in nature, a lot of time, uh, untying my knots and undoing, unbecoming, uh, who, who I thought I was and all of that. And I, I really thought I had gotten to this place of like emotional or spiritual strength. Um, I, I, there was a year and a half span of time where I lost my business, my home, my dog, my dad, and my wife. I say, I say that on stage and I say, my wife's not dead. I mean, she's still alive. Her soul is dead, but she's fine. She's still moving around without it. But, uh, my wife was unfaithful to the, to a complete, to a bizarre degree. All of that was tough, but I, I was almost like proud of myself with the level of ease that I was able to kind of navigate those things because I had sort of, I think kind of arrived at, um, or not arrived, but I had sort of developed some level of like emotional, uh, and spiritual like groundedness, you know, but the thing with Andy, like it, I think it really shook me probably more than anything ever has in my life. And he wasn't my best friend. He wasn't my closest friend, but he was literally my oldest friend. He was like the first friend that I chose that wasn't a relative or a neighbor or whatever. And he was just like the best guy in the world. And it just, I don't don't know what it was about it. Obviously it's just tragic and tough, but like it really shook me. And so that combined with COVID 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, I've been just questioning like everything about me. What am I doing? I'm 41 and I live in a van and I've like done all this, you know, I've, I've, I've had all these successes and failures and I'm divorced and like my, my love life is, you know, I've just, I've been like really questioning every part of life. And, uh, and that was part of why I went, I made a little money doing renovation work this winter. And I was like, you know, I could save this and invest it in something smart. And then this other voice is like, you could take it to Mexico and just stay there till it's gone. <laughs> so that's what I did. I went to Mexico for, I figured I took enough to, for about seven tanks of gas and 400 tacos. And, uh, Went down there and had the time of my life, really. What part did you go to? I, I took my Sprinter van, and I it's got a bed in it and a little kitchenette and surfboard and all, all I mean, every basically everything. Let's be honest. Everything I own basically is in the van, including, like, a, a whole suite of power tools. But I drove, uh, so I drove from Denver, and I, I did um, Moab, and Sedona, and then I stayed around San Diego for like a month. I have a lot of friends there, and I just surfed some breaks around San Diego and hung out and did some work on the van. And then um, I drove from San Diego all the way to Cabo San Lucas, about 1,200 miles south of San Diego, and I drove the whole Baja Peninsula, and I saw like pretty much every town worth seeing in the Baja and surfed pretty much every break worth surfing, at least in the summer months. Uh, the East Cape, Nine Palms, Shipwrecks, Old Mans. Uh, How do you feel about sharks when you surf? I... Do you not think about them? Or? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like... It's kind of like when I'm driving down the interstate, I try not to think about that an 18-wheeler could just... Yeah, yeah. Make me cease to exist. You know, I mean, there's like probably the most dangerous thing any of us do is drive. And I do that about five times more than the average American. So, like, if anything happens to me, that's going to be what it is. Um, and I just accept that, that that's, you know, I could be gone tomorrow and so could you. And, like, that's one of the reasons I live the way I live is, you know, yeah. it's this, this, you can't see it because this is all audio, but I have YOLO tattooed across the whole front of my neck. <laughs> And it's just a reminder that you only live once <laughs> that we know of. Um, yeah, so... Oh, can I share one more thing? Yeah, I haven't told... The, I've only told this to one person. Um, but it was really... It was really... It was really profound. And it, I think it really kind of ties into what we were just... The struggle. So I went... I was started going to a hypnotherapist in Denver. I had some stuff I wanted that I... Uh, so I, I think of hypnotherapy. I don't, I don't know a ton about it, but I think that it can be valuable to get to a different layer of your consciousness to like flip some switches and change some things. Um, and I've used psychotrophics that way in my life and it's worked, um, quite well actually. And, and I think a lot of times the only way to, to really change a pattern, sometimes willpower or self-discipline or determination is literally not enough because, because your brain is, is the thing preventing it not not aiding it. it yeah kind of like a hamster wheel totally spinning and spinning and spinning so i went to this hypnotherapist and uh i'm still still deciding how effective it was but i i had an agenda as these are the things i want to talk about i did three sessions 
And there was there was one point where, you know, I, he was like, what's next? What do you want? And I said, I want to go to Baja and I want to surf and I want to feel free and I want to feel like I'm traveling again. And like, I just I need that time. I need to be in a big open space. And uh, and he and he said, you know, he, he hypnotized me and he puts me in people. A lot of people that don't know a lot about hypnotherapy, which is probably most of us think when you're hypnotized you're like asleep you have no idea what's going on you're not there but the reality is like you're you're fully aware but you're also like connected to some deeper state of consciousness but so he's he's got me hypnotized and he's saying you know picture yourself in Baja picture yourself on a beautiful beach picture the wind in your hair the waves you're happy you feel free and he's like saying all this stuff and I, and I am picturing it. Like I'm really taking this seriously. I'm really just like dialed into this moment and this image. And all of a sudden I hear this voice or I don't know that it was even a voice or a vibe or whatever, this knowing that said, you have mourning to do. You're not, you're not done mourning. And, and it, and, it, and it was basically like, you need to sit on the beach by yourself and cry. And it, and I, I felt it like, as clear as I just said it and it was like I mean it just like landed on me and stuck to me and he brought me out of the the hypnotism or whatever and uh, hypnosis and I was like a little teary and he was like you okay and I was like yeah and I just needed to like sit with it and and so when I not long later you know, three a few weeks later when I made it to San Diego and I linked up with um, one of my best friends who is, is also an ex that we dated years and years, 15 years ago. And she's one of my best friends now. And um, we hung out. It was like late, late night. Everyone, you know, it was a cookout. Everyone's drinking margaritas, whatever. So at the end of the night, it's just us. And she starts talking about Andy. And, uh, and it for, you know, each time she would bring it up, I'd be like, I don't want to talk about that right now. I just, I can't do it. And I don't know what the last thing she said about it, but something she said just like, just like pulled, pulled the, pulled the pen. And I just like sobbed and she just kind of like held me in her lap and I sobbed for, I mean, I, it felt like a straight hour and it was like, it, you know, I immediately thought of the hypnotherapy and like, how connected those two how you know it was it was so like i don't know anyway i just thought i'd share that i feel like people that listen to this podcast might find that that connection interesting but it really it was a huge release for me it really like and i think and i'm not somebody who's like reluctant to release and i'll cry i'm not a, a bit scared to cry I do it all the time, uh, usually by myself in my van, driving down the interstate, thinking about my dad. Um, but sometimes, even even though we're not we're not technically like reluctant, we're not afraid to cry, we're not too tough, we're not closed off. Sometimes shit's just in there and it's covered up, and it's like you got to get to it. And it takes sometimes it takes a little something to like really dig down in there and get to the thing. And, uh, and that happened that night and I felt a thousand pounds lighter after that. It's funny how much freer you feel when you're not carrying around a bunch of emotional baggage. Yeah. Whether or not we realize it, that stuff takes emotional energy, which is energy period. For sure. From our bodies away from, 
uh, you know, living in the moment. Because on some level, we're living in another place in time. Yeah. Um, and so I'm so sorry about your friend and everything that surrounds that. Uh, you know, these anomalous tragedies seem to have been happening more and more. Um, and, you know, I, I'm somebody who is like, even though I am kind of a a bit of a downer at times, it seems like I look for the silver lining and everything, even if there's, even if there is like, yes, absolutely profound tragedy. Um, there, there's gotta be some sort of good thing that comes out of it in some totally. way. Yeah. I'm the same way. I, I mean, I, I, I believe that there is. And, uh, and I, I try to instruct other people who are like, if, if friends are asking me for guidance or whatever, that's one of the things, oh, hey, whatever you're going through, like, there is an upside, um, and you're probably going to eventually see the upside no matter what, but you'll see it a lot quicker if you look for it. You know, if you meet somebody tomorrow that drives a yellow PT Cruiser, all of a sudden, for the rest of your life, you're going to be like, holy shit, there's another yellow PT Cruiser. Who would have thought? Well, you never, you were never looking for them uh, until you became aware of them, and, and once you are, then you see what you you find, what you look for. And I would encourage people to not look for a yellow PT cruiser, but it was a good example for, yeah. for this you exercise. Know, also, I think it can be like counterproductive if you're always looking for that spiritual moment too. Totally, totally. Um, like that's the other. You've got to live in balance. I think. Totally. Um, you can't constantly be looking for meaning in, in the mundane. Right. Go find it. I just picked up a quarter. <laughs> my day, today is going to be my day. Yeah, no, I mean, like, you know, there's definitely ways and moments, and I'm all for connecting with the universe, but you have to bring some levity to the table. Um, and it's, it's, it's just all about balance. Um, so I'm still, I'm still looking at your astrology chart. And right now I'm looking at transits and what's going on now. So for you, you have what I would call a stellium in the first house. And a stellium is when we have more than one planet. Well, it's more than three planets, actually, um, in the same sign, all clustered together. It's like a little planet party. Um, planet party. Yeah, and yours is in Virgo. So, okay. like, how is your... You have, let's see, you have Jupiter, your moon... Mars and Saturn all in Virgo and the moon, Mars and Saturn are all conjunct at 18 and 20 degrees Virgo. Jupiter is earlier on, um, but still there, but not quite coloring the other things, which is probably a good thing. Um, because if Jupiter was conjunct Mars, you would be really aggressive. I think like you'd probably have like, uh, like anger issues yeah. and um you probably i i wouldn't be surprised if you had had anger issues in the past um but it's, it's at this point in your life it's probably something you've worked out to a certain extent yeah uh i think a lot of men and young men um you know not to generalize us but because uh, some men don't obviously but I, 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 I certainly have and, um, and and just like a tough guy bullshit uh, toxic masculinity kind of thing when I was younger getting mad and punching something that 
that was bad for my hand and the thing. Yeah. Um, and it's just stupid, you know. And I, and I think a, a societally, if that's a word. Um, Socially, maybe. Yeah, I think society kind of, um, and I think it's changing, and I'm thankful that it's changing. But growing up, and you know, I'm a I'm a Gen Xer, uh, kind of on the cusp of millennial, I guess. But growing up. especially in conservative South, it's like the only emotion from men is like the only cool one is like anger or, or humor. Yeah. Anger or humor. It's not easy to be a little boy and tell, you know, or a young man and be like, I'm sad and I'm hurt and I'm scared. The people are like, what? You're hurt and scared. You're a pansy. You know, it's like, so I think whatever you're feeling at, at sometimes at those ages, Unfortunately, it gets transmuted into anger because it's like that's the only one you know how to do, and uh, and I think that that, and I'm not blaming, I'm not making any excuses for anyone's behavior, but I think that toxic masculinity at that level is uh, is responsible for a lot of violence between between young men and uh, young men acting out violently towards anyone and everyone around them. People that doing shootings and stuff like that are just like so full of emotion they have no idea what to do with and the only what the only way they they've internalized or seen to let things out is through violence and anger and rage and and um i think tackling that one thing in this country could like totally change the whole oh yeah culture yeah um i i think well i know from my experience in looking at astrology, but also just as a witness to life um, in this country, we're on the cusp of a, I think, a generational shift in this country. I hope so. Um, I think that even though there is still, by no means, is the battle over, um, there is so much momentum and a need for change at this point that there's not a way to stop it. Yeah, I hope you're right. Um, and it's I. It's always sad when we're in a situation where shit happens and like there's not a safety net in place. Yeah. But that just underlies and underscores the reason and the need why we need that. Because if we don't have that, things will the wheels will fall off the cart, oh, yeah. and everything will have to be rebuilt in a new way. Um, and I think we're, we're starting to see that shaking happening now. I mean, politically, Biden is president. He's the establishment. He's better than Trump by a million miles. But, you know, he's still kind of same old, same. Yeah, the whole system is flawed. And, and I don't think, I mean, you know, this is very um, idealist thinking. But I have always felt this way since I've been old enough to have opinions about this kind of thing. There's no fixing our system. It has to, it has to start fresh. Yeah. And it's going to be a mess when it does, but that's or this country will kind of cease to exist or whatever, you know, who knows. But um you know, and all systems are flawed because human beings are flawed. Capitalism without conscious human living, you know, without human beings living consciously it w- will never work will never be perfect communism without human beings living consciously will never work. Um, the systems themselves aren't necessarily flawed, but human beings are, and you can take 10 of us, 10 of the most enlightened 
Americans you can find and stick them on an island and somebody's going to be in power and somebody's going to dig ditches and it's just like I, I don't know what the answer is but I, I do think that there is a, a massive shift in consciousness happening and uh, I am cautiously optimistic and I'm also a nihilist and I'm also like ah, everything could hit the fan tomorrow like I don't need a savings account I'm going to go sir. <laughs> uh, I mean um, I I respect and admire your laissez-faire attitude with in regards to just being able to you know run free i i can frolicker (laughs) yeah a lot of frolicking um i am not like as much as i at in in my heart of hearts want to be i I want want to do it with uh a first class plane ticket (laughs) no yeah you and every other woman i've ever met Right. Girl, I mean, yeah. girls like dating, and they're like, "Oh, that's so cool that you travel like that." And like, you want to see my van? And they're like, "Oh my god, where's the bathroom? I'm like, where's the bathroom in your car, Kelly?" You pee, you pee it's called you a to-go cup. Yeah, exactly. Uh, man, so um, back, going back to our country really quickly before we move on, um, from an astrological perspective, uh, have you ever heard of a Saturn return? The concept of a Saturn return. Is that when your Saturn has a warranty issue and you bring it back to the dealership? That was called a dad joke. That was yeah, real that stupid. Was, um, that was, I used to drive a Saturn in high school. Oh, and so, Did you return it? Um, no, I sold it as an art piece for <laughs> more money than I paid for Perfect. it. So I glued all these army men onto the dashboard of and you did. to a, like, a battlefield <laughs> scene. I'm shocked to hear that revelation. And somebody bought it for like $5,000 when it was like $1,000. Car. What? For the fucking army men. Yeah, Can I don't. Can you glue some army men on my van? Yeah, I'll do that. Perfect. But like, it was that thing was awesome. Um, Sounds good. Pictures like, of that. I had a giant mohawk too at the time, and so like I had to like tilt my head You're to get character. in the car. And Please post uh, pictures of the army men, Saturn, and the mohawk on Instagram. I don't even know if I have pictures with of this. That. that was like with this post. Instagram. It was like two thousand and three. I wanted to say one more thing about. Um, when things happen to sort of reassure you that you're living in alignment, um, I, man, I've got, I don't want to make your podcast too long. I get a lot of stories of that that are like so serendipitous. I usually do like hour long episodes. So okay. 40 minutes, well, I don't want to keep you too long. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you this one real quick. Cause it's crazy. I'll make, I'll, I'll try not to be superfluous. Um, so this is also with Erica, my ex. Um, she was traveling with me. Uh, I was doing stand-up full-time. We are on a nationwide tour, and we're in the middle of nowhere in Texas. Like, just a terrible... I mean, there's a lot of Texas is terrible. No shit. Austin's cool. Houston's a nice city, a lot of good food. You know, the coast is okay, I guess, and there's, there's springs and whatever, the hill country. But, like, a lot of, like, north and west Texas is just garbage. It's just, like, oil and gas and dirt and just cows and 18-wheelers. Anyway, we're in one of those places where, like, we took an exit off the highway, and it was, like, the roads hadn't been paved in, like, 50 years, potholes. I mean, it was, like, worse than any road in Mexico. But so we go to this Waffle House because it's delicious, and I don't care what anybody thinks. 
Um, yeah, if you think Waffle House is gross, you're probably gross. I'm tired of Americans pretending that kale chips are delicious and Little Caesars is a problem. I like my hash brown smothered and covered with a side of Casa del Waffle, which is the salsa. Which oh, is yeah. Very weird. Oh, no, it's very good. But I like it. I like them scattered, smothered, covered, chunk diced, and peppered, but everybody's different. So we're at Waffle House eating hash browns and pecan waffles. Um, and the waitress is like, I'm going to wait on you. This other girl was supposed to wait on you, but she's really upset. She just got stiffed by her previous table. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That sucks. And, I, and people that don't tip should not exist. But they go to restaurants. Yeah, or they should just you know, find a peaceful way to leave planet earth. But, um, I mean that in the most kind Jesus way possible. Namaste. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so, uh, I'm like, cool. So the girl waits on us. She's real sweet. And so when we leave, no big deal. I just, I gave her five bucks as a tip, which is, tw- you know, 20 ish percent, a little more maybe. And I said, Hey, and give that to your friend and gave five to the friend, you know? So, Fast forward two weeks and about seven hours away, you know, however many miles that is, four, three, four, five hundred miles away, whatever. Um, I don't know. I'm not good at math. Um, Anyway, we, Erica and I are coming out of a coffee shop in downtown Santa Fe, New Mexico, and there's a group of young girls, maybe 20s, college age girls, like, walking down the street towards us and they're being real goofy and cutting up and I'm like the old man that just talks to everybody I'll make a joke about your dog I'll be like oh that the great shirt sir I'm like I'm I'm obnoxious like that commercial where you're like are you becoming your parents and oh, the, I love those commercials. dude I'm the I'm the I'm already I'm like I'll talk to and if they if you make eye contact with me we're friends now and I'm gonna talk to you about something so I say something goofy like just joking with these girls like I'm like like joking with them about them being silly or whatever and the girl goes i know you and i was like no you don't she's like no i totally know you and i was like how do you know me and i thought maybe she's the one person who saw me on like whatever laughs tv or what you know some um and she goes you came into my restaurant are you yeah you came into waffle house and i was like yeah i haven't been to waffle house in this whole state i was you know, I went to one in Texas like two weeks ago. She's like, yeah, such and such Texas. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, you gave me $5 because the table before me had stiffed me. And I was like, what? Like seven hours, at least seven, eight hours away in another state. Two weeks later, we're walking on the same street in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Maybe that five bucks you gave her got her there. I mean, she must be on a bike then. Uh, She left right then and rode her bike, and she had just arrived when I saw her. But that was one of those moments that was like, I mean, the chances are like like one in a trillion of that happening. And uh, so this is a this is a much quicker one. And we were talking about this is this is serendipity and finding the upside. So I'm 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 uh, sort of counseling a good friend of mine. He's he's in this sort of relationship that you know really challenging for both of them and it's all these patterns that keep occurring and because they're not unpacking their own individual bullshit and so they're going to incur until you finish doing the work you know but i love him and i love her too and they're great and i hope i hope they make it but uh so he's he's telling me all this stuff and i'm telling him hey man like that's you can't do you can't fix that shit for her and she can't fix your shit for you and like you're either going to maybe work through it together or you're just going to have turmoil for 
40 years or whatever. Who knows? But I had sort of – I had uh, – Given him some advice on some other life stuff a couple years back, and I said, "Remember when we were talking a couple years back, and you'd lost, you know, this had gone on, and you'd gotten out of this relationship, and I told you, you're gonna look back on this, and you're gonna be glad, and this is gonna allow you to step up to this." And 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 he was like, "Dude, you were totally right." He's like, "I didn't see it at the time, but you were totally right. It did work out, and it's like it like made my life way better than it was then." Blah blah. And I was about to sort of, you know. There's all, all the old Buddhist teachings about this happens, and the old man says, maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. Who knows? And then this happens, and the guy goes, who knows, maybe. People go, well, that's good, right? And he goes, maybe. And then and then the plane crashes. Well, that's bad, right? And he goes, maybe. And he's, you know, the, the moral of the story is he he's refusing to label things as good or bad because we don't, we don't know. We don't know what's good or bad. And so my dumb example that's kind of quicker thing, I say, you know, you could you could get your legs cut off which is bad on every on every level presumably especially for your run time right yeah you're going <laughs> you're going back to a 35 minute mile but uh you know but you maybe you go to the hospital and the nurse that cares for you becomes the love of your life and your life partner and you spend the rest of your life experiencing a love you would have never experienced before on some profound level so was it bad or was it good or was it neither? You know, so I'm about to say that. And it's something I kind of say a lot when I'm trying to ex- explain this like uh, concept. So I go, you could get and before I can say your legs, I'm on the, I'm in Pacific Beach, California, like downtown Pacific Beach at a coffee shop, just like standing it's an outdoor little coffee shop patio area. And I'm standing like looking at the sidewalk, finishing a dirty chai. And I say, you could get your, and before legs come out of my mouth, swear to God, a guy rolls by on a skateboard, nothing below the hip socket, just dick on a skateboard, just pushing, (laughs) just a torso on a skateboard, and he's pushing it with his arms. And I was like, whoa, universe, you know? And Richard's like, are you still there? And I was like, dude, right before I was about to give you this little parable about how you get your legs cut off, this dude just rolled by with no legs, like pushing himself on a skateboard. And I mean, like, yeah, it was wild. So that's it. Yeah, that's a good one. I wish you put that in your like inspiration book for later when you have a sitcom or something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the, 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 the imagery of it. I mean, I was like, I mean, I thought my brain was going to explode. I was like, what just happened? And I wanted to, I kind of wanted to talk to the dude. Like, dude, just roll around the skateboard. I mean, it was like Grundle skateboard. Like, there was no, there was no, like, no thigh at all. I mean, it was so wild. I'd never really seen that before in my life. It's certainly memorable. But I was like, it's cool that you're skating, you know? Guy with the, the core strength. He wasn't even strapped onto the skateboard. He was just kind of <laughs> chilling up. <laughs> I mean, I think that's just dangerous anyway. I mean, it's uh, no helmet either, right? Yeah, right? uh, then the ball's well, on this guy. I mean, what? <laughs> Maybe not. Who knows? Tough to say. Uh, like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I just wondered if that dude was like in the hospital, like, just save my dick. I don't care about the legs. I just want a dick, and I want to be on a skateboard. I wonder if it's calloused, you know, like from... Oh, dude. Hop pogo sticking around just, on it. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to make fun of the guy. I just have a very it's animated mind. I bet you the guy's hilarious. He's probably hilarious. It's probably, probably super, super interesting. interesting. 
I hope so. He's probably happier than both of us. I mean... Near-death experience will do that to you. It does. It totally shifts everything. Um, die before you die and realize there is no death. Have you heard of this phenomenon of, like, phantom limb syndrome? Uh, yeah. Not a ton, but I... I, I like, people I who lose from, a from limb? The, from the wording what that must be. Yeah, yeah like, they lose a... feel like you get... Yeah, your brain still wants to move the leg that's not there. Exactly. And I've heard, like, from people who have had, uh, near... Like, post-losing limb and then having had another near-death experience, they don't realize they're like almost dead because they're up walking around and they're they're just like oh i lost my legs in nom but now i'm just strolling down the sidewalk doo-dee-doo. Wow. and they like can see things and experience things that are actually happening are verifiable from folks who are there consciously in real life physically but this person's consciousness is like walked through a wall yeah, yeah and yeah. like saw the doctor's you know, smoking a cigarette outside or something, and they're like, why are you smoking? You know, that's bad for you. You're a doctor. And they're like, how did you know? You weren't there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I find, I find near-death experiences really interesting. I am... You were talking about hypnotherapy before, and I am really curious about trying uh, a kind of past-life hypnotherapy. Sure. I've done one session before, and it was super interesting. Um... And what was interesting about it for me was that I got physical responses to what was going on, like, during the session. Um, Like, so in that instance, um, the therapist took me back to a... I I just asked, like, I want to know about the lifetime that is most closely aligned with this one that came before whatever that was um and so i don't think it's unusual in these cases where you come back and you're near death already like you're kind of picking up at the last chapter if you will and immediately like my guts just like felt like they were full of inflammation and had like gut rot of some sort and i was like i died of something intestinal (laughs) like taco bell maybe well, <laughs> now I don't know. I like I don't think I was like, on this planet. I think planet. I ran for the border on my la- in my last life. I don't even think it was this planet. It was really? some other planet. Wow, yeah, um, it's an alien Yeah, probably that'll fuck you up. Yeah, that'll make poop. <laughs> yeah. Astral poop. Um, but anyway, no, like I I think past lives are interesting, and I don't know. I'm open minded about it. Yeah, I've uh, I've actually seen some little documentaries about like children, you know, because children are like much more open because there's less of a development of ego and like yeah. that you 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 haven't fully made up your mind about what's possible maybe or ruled things out. But I've I've read I've read or watched like documentaries or whatever um, about children, young kids being like, my name was William Jameson the third, and I was a World War Two gunner pilot and they're like what and then they research and they're like this person was a real person that existed and the kid's naming his friend you know his friends that he flew planes with Mm -hmm. and he cries when he thinks about whatever part of the war and then i read about another little girl in india who um was a woman was this grown woman who was married and had a house and whatever and she talked all about it and her parents were like well let's go find this place and they they basically ended up taking her to the place 
and she was able to like describe the house and her husband and she like met the husband and and it was like it was wild an old guy at that point or something well she hadn't the 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 past life hadn't ended that long before oh right so the husband was still alive and remarried and his wife is being reborn as this little girl like 400 miles away in the same country it's wild and it's like some kid's not going to make that up. I mean, like, and also you couldn't if you wanted to. And there's, like, there's no, there's nothing in it. Yeah, like, it's so, it's so, so crazy. It's, um, it's interesting. One of my earliest memories, I was a little girl and I was feeling sad, which apparently is a theme. Um, <laughs> like this whole episode? <laughs> this isn't that bad for me, I feel like. <laughs> there's some episodes where I'm just like, shit sucks. <laughs> and I'm really... Everything's bad! <laughs> You're like, we gotta get a comedian on here. Yeah, I know. It helps too. And I get on here and I'm like, death, (laughs) sadness, (laughs) amputees. I have a a legitimate excuse for my stuff. Like, I'm a Scorpio stellium, so everything is like a little intense for me. Is that your sun sign? No. No, I'm a Sagittarius sun, so I'm a ball of optimism colored by depression. Oh, you're full Um, Sag? You got full Sag? Uh, that's a that's an inside joke. Oh, with people who aren't here. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Jen and Sydney and Shelby and who else? Anyway, maybe they'll listen to it. I'm gonna I'm gonna post it and be like, I mentioned Full Sage, so you got to get to minute forty-seven. There you go. Um, so. I was going to say, as a child, one of my earliest memories, I was sad because I, I said I wanted to go home, but I was home already. It was like at my house. And my dad was like, well, you're you're here. Where are you talking about? I was like, no, my other home. And he's like, what other home? And I like point to the sky. And I didn't know, like even looking back at that, like I don't know what I was pointing at, but I know I was pointing at something that felt like home. Yeah. The planet that you're really from, perhaps. Yeah, my last life where I died of gut rot from Taco Bell. Yeah, astral pooping. <laughs> Alien Taco astral Bell. Astral pooping in full sag mode. So, just again, looking at your chart before we wrap up, um, this new moon that happens on the 6th yeah. should be really good for you. Yeah, like I yeah. buy a lottery ticket or something, you think? Yeah, maybe. Um, okay. So, like, it's going to be harmonizing with Uranus. You're, and, uh, I'm sure you said that wrong. Are you sure it's not going to be rising with my Uranus? <laughs> well, um, but, uh, so... I never heard anybody call it Uranus. It, it, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I really need to, I really need to unpack <laughs> this. I think, are you just reluctant to say anus? No. Okay, that's how you say it. Anus. But, okay. Uh, I think that, um... It, sound, it sounds a little more proper. Like, yeah, I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it. Classed up a little bit. I think so. And From now on, if I'm, if I'm feeling frisky, I'm going to be like... Want to do anal tonight? <laughs> no? Are you sure? I got some coconut oil. You want to rethink it? Let me know. Um, we'll go full sedge. So you, you could have just, like, really good, like, exciting opportunities coming up in the next, I would say, 10 days. Like, good Gosh. good things. Like, And um, it might even be career-related because it's really close to your midheaven. Um, but it also could be a healing opportunity of some kind. Okay. Um, like healing old past wounds because Uranus is getting really close to your Chiron placement. Okay. Chiron's all about 
personal trauma that just doesn't seem to want to heal. Um, so you could have some spontaneous spiritual and career-related healing moments wow. coming up. So Watch let me know out. how that shows up, because I like to be right in good ways. <laughs> I like to be right. That's what this is all about. Uh, what's the what's things I don't want to be right about. Yeah. Like, oh, right uh, yeah, I've been right about some stuff I didn't want to be right about, too. Like my ex-wife. Um, oh, hummingbird. Where'd he go? I see him sometimes. Yeah, Uranus, Uranus healing. That's I'm going to be thinking about that. For the next 10 days. Today's the 13th. Well, my, the, the new moon's on the 6th okay. at 8.52 p.m., I think. Okay. Um, it's the night of the 6th if you're in the east all right Eastern time zone. so do some meditation some intention setting okay manifest some good shit for yourself i'm doing it all day every day yeah well thanks so much i hope thanks for having me weird no it was super weird super weird and a downer uh i appreciate it anyway i'm kidding no it was great it's good to see you again yeah you too best of luck out on tour uh be sure to like promote yourself do you have, what's your oh, coming up? Oh, yeah, I would love it if you guys, if, if you want to. Um, I'm normally funnier than this, but uh, <laughs> my Instagram is really, honestly, it's more nature photography than anything else. I do a lot of traveling, so it's just a lot of pictures of, like, sunsets and waterfalls and deserts and You're quite a cacti. Good, good photographer. Thanks. I sell my photography prints uh, through Instagram and through Etsy, but my Instagram is at cliff cash comedy cliff like like the ledge on the mountain and cash like johnny cliff cash comedy and uh i've got a dry bar comedy special coming out sometime soon dry bar is the largest purveyor of online stand-up comedy in the world and um their specials typically get you know anywhere from thirty thousand views to like five million so I'm hoping that mine's one of those that gets some views. But that should be coming out really soon. I don't know an exact date, but I know it's like in production now. And um, yeah, I've got a lot of lot of tour dates coming up. Uh, I'm actually doing a house show tour right now. So I have I, idea. I have ten or twelve houses booked between the Carolinas, Georgia, Tennessee, Virginia, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, uh, and I'm adding you know add, adding one. It seems like every week. So. Um, and then I'm doing a few venues too, but it's a lot of houses, and I've done a, done two, three legit like house shows now um, since I had this idea, and they've they've all been pretty awesome. Like some some varying varying levels of awesomeness, but uh, it's a, it's a fun concept. It's like a house party with a comedy show at the beginning, kind of thing. I, I love that. I, mean, I used to go to house shows like concerts all the time. Yeah. Um, I don't know why it's never occurred to me to you know i i mentioned to you before we started recording that i did one open mic session one time all right yeah and, you gotta do that <laughs> and um i bombed because uh not because i was shy of the microphone or anything like that but i got up there and i just talked about astrology <laughs> which you was should... funny to me yeah but like i my opening line was so i'm an astrologer who knows their their sun sign and it was crickets like the whole room and yeah. so it just completely i was like i don't trust any of you <laughs> yeah. you all read your horoscopes you're all a bunch of liars yeah <laughs> did you do the uranus thing i feel like there's something there that could be no. a bit 
I told a, a story about a guy who came to see me when I was uh, working at the Renaissance Festival as the Renaissance astrologer. I'm shocked by that revelation. And um, what, that someone came to see me? No, that you worked as an astrologer at a Renaissance Festival. Um, completely surprised. <laughs> I, don't, I don't doubt it. I'm still thinking about the Saturn and the Mohawk. Uh, <laughs> um, there's pictures of the Mohawk somewhere in the house. Um, but the, the Saturn, I think, is long gone. But, uh, so this guy came to see me and he was real, like, kind of this country boy redneck, like, real skeptical of astrology. Mm -hmm. Um, but he was like, whatever, I'll try it anyway. And, um, so, like, he had this whole gaggle of family with them came and they were just like, oh, Johnny's gonna get his chart read of what they're gonna say. You know, just real, like, like, getting ready to, they were in a good mood, but... Um, so we sat down, and I was like, oh, what happened in your love life, like, last fall in October? And he, he, like, suddenly went from being, like, kind of skeptical and suspicious to crying. Oh, oh, poor buddy. I know. And then I was like, oh, damn. Um, okay, well, what happened? Like, and I, I gave him another time zone. He was like... I got out of prison. Oh, man. <laughs> His life was like a country song. Yeah, man, she stayed with him while he was in prison. I mean, that's something. Well, I don't know. Like, something happened, I guess. I mean, who, who knows? Anyway, so I would like to think that I told this story in a funnier way, but I probably didn't, and that's why no one laughed. <laughs> yeah, well, it's got it's got legs. Just don't give up on it. Yeah, well, I mean, I... I think the world's back open again for like a month, so... <laughs> Go, go hit an open mic or two. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll... There's a bit there, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Shut up. God, those dogs. Those dogs. I'm going to go give them some antifreeze. Just kidding, everybody. I'm just kidding. Yeah, we love puppies here. Yep, quiet ones. Love to eat them. Just kidding. Um, okay, well, that's it for this episode. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Blood, moon, milk. I'm Aurora, and uh, my guest... Cliff Cash was great. Thanks so much for being here today. I'll make sure everybody has your info so they can find you on the internet. Cool. Thanks for having me. Thank you. See you soon. And thanks for listening. <laughs>